Every day, I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby, and Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean, just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway wayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser Show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben. Taylor Swift: The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Join Reddit on Wiki every Monday and Friday for some of the most jaw-dropping stories Reddit has to offer. With each episode, John, Sean, and Josh meticulously curate the most engaging content from Reddit, transforming it into a podcast experience filled with laughter, awe, and sometimes disbelief. I, I bet. Get ready for a roller coaster ride of emotions with the most captivating stories from the corners of the internet. Subscribe to Reddit on Wiki wherever you get your podcasts. All right, our girl Natasha is back on the podcast. Natasha Elisa, I know there's a lot of new ears here, so I, I wanted to just take a second and tell you who Natasha is, how often we're going to see her. Natasha Elisa is a mom, a blogger. She's very well known in the DC region because for many years she was married to Kane, popular radio personality of the Kane show on Hot 99.5, who I co-hosted with for years. And last year they went through a messy divorce. Natasha bared her soul in, in a three-part series on the Sarah Fraser show. You can find it just by searching Natasha Elisa. It was almost a year ago, October of 2022, and she tells her whole story. We reconnected our friendship after years of not speaking with each other, and now we loved it so much, we're teaming up monthly to really continue that trend that Natasha started of bearing our souls with talking about our mom journeys, divorce, dating post-divorce, being married, having more kids, um, all the anxieties around being an entrepreneur, and so much more. So you're going to hear her every single month. I'm going to try to get consistent with the Tuesday I release the episode, but I will give you lots of heads up on my social media at the Sarah Fraser Show everywhere across the board. So here's Natasha. Natasha. Natasha! So bad. Oh, my dear Sarah. I missed you. I missed you too, and so did our fans, because I've gotten messages, where's Natasha? When are you guys going to drop your monthly episodes? So just to refresh for everybody, we decided- Thank God that kids are back in school, summer is done, summer was amazing, but oh my gosh, I'm so grateful it's over. 
we can actually get back into things again. So you and I are going to connect. We're going to do episodes once a month. We're going to check in with everything in our lives, our businesses. You're a creative. I'm a creative. Where we stand. So the kids are back at school is what you're telling us. The kids are supposed to be back in school. Last week was the first week of school. I got, I was so looking forward to like, oh my gosh, I have a day to myself. I remember Sophie asked me, I think it was, she was like, like are you excited for us to be gone again? <laughs> like for the day? And I was like, well, yes. <laughs> but you know, I love you. I love your company, but I need my routine. I need to not be, you know, beck and call for three children all day long because you can't get anything done. I need a schedule. I need a routine. I need to progress in life. The summer is like being held captive by your children. You know, what are we going to do today? What can I do to enrich their lives? Blah, blah, blah. No, now they're back in school. But I only got one day last week because then, um, which one? Sam caught a bug, so she was sick. And then Sophie missed two days of her first week of school. So I ended up going back to prison, basically. But this <laughs> week, this week I'm hopeful. We are on day two of them being gone in a way. But it's hard. I mean, they're at three different schools. When I was saying my morning oh. prayers this morning, I was like, Jesus, make me organized, please. Because it's crazy. Every day there's emails of, don't forget our back to school picnic is today. And then the other school, it's fundraising night. And then the other one, meet with the teachers. It's insanity. But all that to say, I I'm getting back on track. I can't wait to get back online, back on social, back, you know, having a halfway decent clean house. So Sam, it's the beginning. Does Sam have her driver's permit yet? Oh my gosh, we were just talking about this morning. Um, no. So apparently now, I guess the law is you have to be 15 years old and six months before you get your permit. Okay. okay. You know, you and I just like, <gasps> they didn't care. You turned 15 and Girl. you could be right there at the DMV. But no, somehow those six months, I guess, make a difference in a teenager's brain responsibility. I don't know. I think it's but that's great. come up a lot of next year. Can she drive to school? Can she drive her sister to school? Well, it got me thinking, what is your drop off like? Like, it, does it take you an hour to drop everybody off? And does this mean you have to pick everybody up? It takes me a good 45 minutes, even though each school is only like five minutes apart. Sam takes the bus, which is a new thing. Um, we've missed the bus twice now. <laughs> Because the bus driver, I don't get this lady. She says she's going to be there at 737. Then she shows up at 732 and we miss her. And then I have to drive all three. So I'm figuring out life with a bus driver that comes and goes when she wants. But no, no, no. So I have to get to the bus stop, get Sophie to school, then get Harry to school by eight. And then in the afternoon, do the whole thing in reverse. But it's a bus stop instead of a carpool line. Thank God. I could. I, it would be impossible to sit in three carpool lines. Okay. So 45 minutes, though, each day, each yeah. way. Which I wow. think a lot of moms out there are probably like, yeah, that's about right. Or that's not that bad. I remember for my mom, it was like over an hour that she would drive with my siblings to every day, two really? hours a day, just doing drop off and pick up. 
Holy crap. And forget oh if somebody's sick or forgets their backpack or something. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Okay. So, Mama, you know. <laughs> you rethinking having multiple kids now just based off of that? <laughs> Now, I mean, right? You're like, oh, I want the babies. And then slowly it all ramps up, you know, like it just before you know it, you're like all doing new schools and different schools. And I mean, that's what's, although I guess it sounds like when your sisters, you guys were growing up, you all did go to different high schools. See, like for us in Maine, it was so, you know, you just didn't really have that option. Like, so every kid, everybody's and their siblings all went to the same school system for the most part. There was like a few kids, um, but you didn't really yeah. have that option, you know? So you did drop off at one place. That would be nice. Yeah. No, there's there's too many options around here, but maybe next year Sam and Soph will be at the same high school and that'll that'll bring some sense to the whole thing. Although Sam hates her new school. She has like written it off already. The kid's been like three days. And every day I was just telling you before we started, she sends me a text around lunchtime asking for a picture of the dog with like the crying emojis. She's like, I need Junie. So I send her a picture of the dog saying, she's waiting for you. You'll be fine. But she's already decided I want to go to public school. I'm done with this. I'm over it. Oh, what does she not like? I was going to say, what does she... It's only a weekend, it's by the a way. Really, it's a big school, which public school would be big too, but it's a big campus. Like it feels like a college campus. You remember when you had like yeah. one class across campus from the other and you're running in between. She hates wearing a uniform. Um, and it's the biggest thing is she has no friends there. All of her friends from eighth grade went to schools where they at least had one from the friend group there. So she's starting starting from scratch. And this is a kid that doesn't, you know, socializing and talking to strangers doesn't come naturally to her. So it's been it's been throwing her in the deep end for sure. Oh wow. I know, she'll get there. She'll get there. I just gotta get her to be open. Cause Sam's the type of kid that once she writes something off, oh my gosh, it's like trying to raise the dead to get her to be open to it again. When she's done with you. You're done. Yeah. I feel like um, – how was your freshman year of high school? Mine was a rough – freshman year of high school sucked. And then sophomore year I got really gonna, good. I wanted your advice about that because I went to – my mom kept me in the same teeny tiny private school from kindergarten to 12th grade. So I never had to start over at a new school. So what what was it like for you? What's your advice for first year in high school? Um, well, my first year sucked and we, I went to a high school in Wiscasset High School in Wiscasset, Maine, which was what was unique was, um, it was about 500 kids total. That was ninth through 12th and kids came in from all different towns. So you were all of a sudden, you did have some friends from middle school, but you were also integrated with a whole bunch of new kids from different schools that you didn't, you know, know, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And it was really hard. I mean, I'm much like Sam and Soph. I lost my dad like maybe a year before. I know it's been a couple years for them now with with Kane passing, but um, it was it was really hard because you're first of all you're a freshman, right? So the seniors are like the people on you know they're the big deal, right? And um, it was I still took the bus. And you know me, I mean, I started talking shit about this one girl and so she got 
factor. I remember you got on a fight in the bus. So I got on a fight in the bus. So she confronted me when I got off the bus at school in front of everybody. That was like mortifying. And of course, I would never report it because I didn't want to be a tattletale. I wanted to like be cool. So that kicked it off. So people were like, oh, Megan almost like beat the shit out of you. You're like a loser. So it was, that was rough. Um, And, you know, my dad had passed away. I call him the Nozempic Ben on Ozempic doctor. I'm talking about Dr. Applin and his wife who founded My Optimal Body. I am so happy about this. These are the first mindful eating-based doctors I have ever partnered with. They see patients nationwide, and they are seeing more patients who have been on Ozempic, and Ozempic has failed for them. What makes My Optimal Body so unique, and why am I endorsing them? It's because Dr. Applin actually looks at food additives, your, your addiction to food, your mental health. They do a whole look at you, including your gut health. Many of Dr. Applin's patients are working out, restricting their diets, and still gaining weight. Why is that? Because something's going on in your body and with your mind. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Be sure to tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment, plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. Again, that's MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Actually, I have so many similarities to your girls. So, you know, my mom was always a stay-at-home mom. And the only way my mom had any money to survive was an insurance policy from my dad, right? When we got that insurance policy, we thought we were so rich. We were like, I like that summer. Was it that summer? No, I think it was the next summer. We went to Europe for three weeks. You know, we did things that a lot of kids in Maine didn't do because we had had this influx of money, right? So I -hmm. like... I got freshman year, like designer, some designer clothes. You know what I mean? I thought I was like the shit. Well, people were making fun of me for that. Like you're a little rich bitch, like all these things, you know? So it was, it sucked. And I can remember looking at other high schools, thinking about going to like a private high school in Maine and some other options. And I'm trying to think of why that never happened. I think my mom was like you. And she was like, look, let's give it another go sophomore year or at least half the semester, and see if nothing changes, you can go somewhere else. And you know what changed? Actually, I don't know if you're wanting this or not, but I ended up getting a boyfriend. <laughs> Rob! Oh, I was worried you were going to say that. But Rob I, Ponto. I see how that would make all the difference. Who was it? What was his name? Rob Ponto was his name. And Rob was a big deal on high school camp. You know, he was social. He was uh, good at, at sports. He had his own lawn cutting business, lawn mowing business. <laughs> so he elevated your status. And Rob elevated my status. And Rob brought me into a group of friends who to this day, I still have some really great friends in that group. And um, Rob was like the guy. So, you know, he was one of So I the- need to pimp her out is basically your advice. But I I feel like, I don't know that, I think the kids have a lot more options now. Well, I told her, I said, I'll make you a deal. If you give me six months of not just like getting through it every day, but truly like looking for the positive in the school, finding some things you like, being open to that this may be the right fit for you and you really, really try, then we can talk about maybe going to a different school next year, going to public school next year, but you got to give it, you got to give me six months. You can't make up your mind, you know, three days into the school year and then just get through it. Totally. So I don't know. We'll see. She does say that the boys are really hot there. (laughs) 
She says the boys are just gorgeous. Every day she tells me about some new guy that talked to her who was just a dream boat. So <laughs> well, I don't there's worry. that. It's this school that, you know, gets you into these great colleges and it all always these educational things, but it has hot boys. So it always there's a chance comes back to yeah your friend group and and what boyfriend you have isn't that awful I guess nothing's changed well that's good to know nothing's changed in 20 years since we all went to high school so all goes back to the basics so I have a question for you um you know when you and I were texting you said that you went back to the IVF doctor and I was so confused because last time we talked we left things at it was egg donor all the way and thank god you hadn't spent you know 25 grand on IVF. And then the next thing I hear is you're going to IVF. So I'm, I'm a little lost, my friend. Okay, here's the catch up. So since we've spoken last. So you know, obviously with the miscarriage first of August, right? And I was like, you know, we were heartbroken. We went through we've been going through all those emotions. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't want to do this again. Like there's something wrong with the egg, which is basically what they've said, right? They've <clears throat> They've essentially, you know, deemed it. There was like some sort of chromosomal issue. And so it really comes down to egg quality. So I was all, I said, that's it. I don't want any more heartache. I don't, you know, my body is rejecting this. Um, I'm moving to egg donors. So I go in to see my OBGYN like two and a half weeks after I'd had my um, DNC. And he's like, oh, everything looks really good. Okay. Um, He's like, so I said, all right, who do you recommend as an IVF doctor? And what do you think the plan should be? And I said, you know, obviously I'm going to move to egg donor. And he's like, oh, no, I wouldn't do that. He's like, you need to keep trying on your own. I'm like, what are you saying? He goes, look, and I don't know. I guess this kind of rocked my world. But he's like, I've been doing this for 25 years, right? He's like, your uterus looks great. Your fallopian tubes look great. He's like, it just truly is egg quality, but you have a lot of eggs. So he said, I think you should go to the IVF doctor and tell them that your OBGYN recommended a hybrid version. He said, if I were you, I think you should do one round of IVF. If it doesn't work, I would just have some frozen eggs ready. And then the next cycle, you implant like your frozen eggs and you go from there. Because he said, you have a lot of eggs. It's not that you're not producing eggs. It's just you're, you got to sift through to find the one that's like good quality. I thought, oh but my God. And then he said, in the meantime, Doesn't keep trying. Mean, I'm so confused. Is that spending money on both? Yes. Like you're going to go through IVF and have some frozen so, eggs that you bought off a 20-year-old? One round of IVF is like $22,000. Um, and then buying somebody's eggs is like up, like thirty grand. So basically you're looking at a 50, you could, you could just go to the 30,000, $35,000 option of just buying eggs and having them implanted, or you could spend the 50,000 or $55,000 and do the hybrid version. Does this doctor just think that you are, you are Oprah? I, I mean, I that's crazy for normal I, people. I, are you, are you paying the bill? And then he goes, you guys should totally keep trying. And he said, he's so great. I love him. He has a really good personality. And I actually never thought I'd have a male OBGYN. This is the first man OBGYN I've ever had. And he said. Really? Yes. I had women for years in Virginia. I loved them both. Um, By the way, and this is not sponsored, but Dr. Winterling is amazing in in Northern Virginia. She's in Arlington. How do you spell that? I need to write that down because I need a new. Oh, she's fantastic. um, Winterling is W-I-N. T E R L I N G Winter Ling. Oh, okay. And Dr. I gotta look her up. Kelly Orzakowski is a high risk one. 
she's like, which you only need if you're going to have another kid, which Natasha, it's not too late. Hey, get, get, <laughs> <what's>, <laughs> no. But, but she's awesome for high risk. Orzakowski, she's like the best. She's the one that saved my life when I had that um, hemorrhage and I was like bleeding out. She's Wait. the one that knew what, what to do. So... But he's so he's the first guy. And when I first met him, I thought, oh, I don't want to stick with a guy. I don't, but I really like his personality. And he called me after the miscarriage. And when I saw him, and he said, I know this is really sad and you're really going through it. But he said, if you can see this as more of a numbers game for you, he said, you've had a healthy pregnancy without drama. He said, you don't even hardly have any scar tissue from your um, C section. He's like, you're going to have another healthy baby. I can promise you that. I just don't know how. So he's like, you should give it all you've got. I know. I was like mentally not prepared. I really thought he was going to say, move on at your age. And then he told me, he said, 41 is still young. He said, if you were 44 or 45 sitting in front of me, I'd say something different. But he's like, you you, you have a good shot in the next year to do this on your own or um, through one round of IVF. I was not prepared. I don't know. I mean, when Thank he you. says, like, you know, you got to sift through the bad ones, I hope he's not insinuating that means going through more miscarriages to sift through the bad ones, because that is very much minimizing the trauma that goes along with that for the whole family. Yes. Yes. I didn't see it as minimizing. I saw it as, I mean, you know, I think they always, they're really good. I think it's always like on you. It's like, what can you, like when you go to the IVF doctor now, they part of it is like, what do you feel like you need to do to be at a place where you're ready to look at another option, right? Like I have a girlfriend in Maryland. She's on round mm-hmm. six of, of IVF. She hasn't gotten any of her own good eggs. Jeez. And they're saying to her, she's been to two IVF doctors and they're saying to her, it's time to start thinking about an egg donor, right? Because this isn't, it's, but she's not ready to do that. And she has the money to continue. So they're like, you have to do what you have to do until you're ready to take the next step. And right, I've had the joy, like you have, of having my own son for my own egg, which is amazing. So grateful. But to me, my desire to have another healthy baby outweighs the attachment of it's got to be my egg. Because I've already, like... I don't, I don't really care. You know, I want this other like baby. They're going to have my blood, you know, going, you know, so it's, but I'm at a different place with it, you know, because I've experienced it. For my girlfriend, she's never had one child. So for her, it's like really trying different things and, you know, acupuncture and herbs and all these different um, supplements she's taking. She wants to try to at least get one or two good eggs and give it a transfer and then go from there. So I get it. I, so he doesn't, I mean, it's what you can take. I should preface that. You know, he says it's what you can take, but for them, I think they also see it, right? Does this leave you? So what's ha- what, so where, where are we at now? Are we back to, okay. we don't know which way or have you made a decision? We went to the IVF doctor, the new one last week, like her a lot. Okay. She looked at all my numbers and she said, what, around the time you got pregnant, your thyroid was high, your thyroid number, which I don't know what that means if you have an underactive thyroid or overactive. But she said, I want to rerun your thyroid because if your thyroid was high, which it was in the spring, that could have been what was going on with your miscarriage. So they reran it last week. I just got the 
and and basically they said your thyroid level because everything else looks fine and then they they looked at my ovaries and they go oh my god you have 16 follicles that's like a lot for a 41 year old so I said oh well that's good so she said I want to retest your thyroid they retest that everything was fine all the blood work came back great so now she goes I want you to have sex tonight I have to have sex with Shman tonight to go back in (laughs) they're going to try to do a stimulation I don't even know what this means a natural Wait, what? I don't know anything about this. I have no idea. I have no idea. Wait. I have no idea. What happens? You have sex and they're, then you go there tomorrow? I think they're going to try to, I don't know if they give you something, but they're going to try to, I guess, activate these eggs to stimulate a natural pregnancy. I wonder if that means you'll have girl because it'll be a little more, more time between having sex and ovulating. Oh, is that, does that mean? I've told you this a hundred yes, times. Yes, you told me about the book. You told me about the book. You have to, yes. Well, this part's not in the book. This is just something my mom passed on to me, passed on to friends, like from generations of women that, yeah, if it's, if you ovulate either like the day before you have sex or the day that you have sex right away, you end up with a boy because the boy's sperm move faster, but die quicker. If you have sex and don't ovulate for two or three days later, you end up with a girl because those sperm, the female sperm, aren't as fast to get to the egg, but they live longer in your body. And I don't know the science behind it, but I will say it was true for every one of my pregnancies, every one of my girlfriend's pregnancies, every one of my mom's pregnancies, that when we ovulated based on when we had sex, it came out that way. And did you plan like Harry to be a boy? Like, no, did I didn't plan it with any of them. It's just the way it happened to work out. Like I, I think with with Harry's dad, I actually thought I had missed the window, um, wow. but turned out I hadn't. But yeah, because with the, the girls, I was plotting like my, you know, ovulation and everything. So I knew exactly when I was like going to ovulate in a few days and we had sex, knowing that it wasn't going to happen for a couple of days, but that those sperm can live in really good cervical fluid for a few days. Cause I was checking my cervical fluid every day. Cause I, I knew with the girls, like I wanted to have a baby. Wow. But, yeah. So anyway, so if you have sex tonight and then you go in there tomorrow and they do something to stimulate ovulating in the next day or two after that, I bet you end up with a girl. Just okay, my well, guess. From your lips to God's I wish ears. I knew how they stimulated it. I don't know anything about that, but it sure is interesting. Well, I'm going to find out and I'll give you a full report tomorrow. So I don't know. Um, I'm now trying to do some meditation and therapy to get me in a healthy mindset of actually using my own egg. Because I think my mental hangup is a little bit like, can I trust my body? You know? Uh-huh. Because... Saying that a lot about that, yeah. you've kind of written off that your eggs are any good, right? That's true, and you're putting that out there. So now I'm like, I know because these doctors are fucking going, oh, you got plenty of eggs. I'm like, oh. okay, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> but I'm I like scared. this, Sarah. I like this. Like, we need to change your perspective on how you feel about your own eggs. If this is what you're going to do, if you're not going to just jump to egg donor. Let's try and change your your expectation and manifesting that you do have some good eggs. You don't believe in your eggs. There you go. I don't. I know. 
And my acupuncturist. Like, oh, I like this. My acupuncturist is like, you have yeah. to talk to your eggs. You have to talk to your ovaries. And I'm like, oh fuck, I feel crazy. Like I'm, I'm here. I'm going. Dear ovary, dear fallopian egg number forty-two. I believe in you today. You are beautiful. You are a good squishy egg. Tell me, Mama. Yes. I feel that you will drop down and provide me with a beautiful baby because you are a smart egg. You are a good egg. I Oh my gosh, there's a children's book I read to Harry called The Good Egg. <laughs> now I'm never going to think of it the same. <laughs> oh, I feel, mu- you know, it's been a wild month, but I feel much better because I, I think these two experts saying that, I'm like, I, I know it's going to happen. I have to relax. I've even, I even signed up to go to the gym. You know, I've been afraid to go to the gym all through this, the pregnancy, even before that, because um, I felt like, oh, weightlifting, you know, lifting heavy things or whatever was going to, you know, like exercising too much can can be a downside for women. And I'm like, Sarah, you going to the gym once a week and lifting fucking 10 or 15 pound weights <laughs> is not going to make or break. In fact, it's going to help this baby. So it's weird. I, I put my life on pause when I got pregnant, you know, all summer. And I'm trying to not do too much because I'm a person that tends to do too much trying to wake up Mm -hmm. do my practice and but do some things that I put off which was like going to the gym and I don't know even dyeing my hair regularly you know like you know how I mean all that stuff Mm -hmm. gets in your head you're like because you read all these books right don't don't drink from plastic so I do as much as I can but I'm trying to relax and and I'll tell you what did I tell you that's a good idea I was taking all ahead, these. What? No, no, no. I was taking all these supplements and all these acupuncture things, and I've stopped all that. I'm like, and the IVF doctor. You weren't was doing like, it when you got pregnant with KJ. No. You were just living life when you got pregnant with KJ. Yeah, and I was drinking a lot more, so I've gone back to drinking more too. <laughs> but I, I was, but I got pregnant in the spring. I was like only having one drink a week, and I was like miserable. I, I mean, I don't drink that much anymore because you know, having kids, it's like. The hangover is like a killer, you know. So, but I'm, I'm saying like three nights a week. Like I love to have a glass of wine and cook, or we go out on Friday. But I was really like, I was doing a lot of rules, you know, like one glass of wine, one, you know, all these things. Drinking my dandelion tea every, you know. Now I'm like, all right, just chill a little bit. Like let's just let's just enjoy life. You should look at her. I think that's fantastic. I like this new perspective because yeah, that's. It's, it's almost like trying to do all these things, even though you want to be healthy. I mean, obviously, it's all about balance, but it's almost keeping you captive with fear. It's obsessive. Fear of what's going to go wrong and obsessiveness. And it's almost like trying to have control over a situation that you don't really have control over. Yeah, I think you're in a good place. I feel good about this. Thank you. Thank you. I, that means a lot. And I, I know control comes up for me with food because, you know, my whole mindful eating journey, right, of like I dieted for 10 years. I was always trying to control every little thing I put in my mouth or I was binging. It was always all or nothing. And I felt that anxiety with this getting pregnant the, this past summer and then trying to stay pregnant. And I'm like, oh, you're right back to that. You've got to like let go. Find that moderation. Find, you know, have a third, have, you can have three glasses of wine a week. It's not, you know, go to the gym once a week. Lift 10 pound, 15 pound weights. You're going to be fine. But I've had to talk myself. It's weird, isn't it? The mind is weird, the stuff that goes through your head, you know? 
And it's funny how it, it it can sneak up on you without you even realizing it. You know, you and I talk all the time about being in a healthy mindset and taking care of our spirit and our energy and our mental health. But you, it's almost like it can even do damage to a point just obsessing about that. At some point, it's it, you do the best when you can just be present and enjoy yourself right now. Just be happy with what makes you happy. Yes. Because that'll be, that'll be the benefit is putting, then you're putting yourself in a healthy mindset without having to try too hard. Like I'm going to be in a healthy mindset. And measuring everything. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think I just, I went into that pregnancy with so much anxiety. And, you know, look, Shmana just had his heart ablation. So I was like, you know, you, you think about, and you've lost, you know, I know you guys weren't married at the time, but you know this, you've lost you know, someone that you loved and were married to, you know, seeing Dan at the hospital for five days and like, you know, you think, oh my God, am I going to lose him? And that was like the first week we were pregnant, you know? So it's it was just such a measure. It was very stressful, very stressful summer. Yeah. Trying to control a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. No, I think this is good. This is good. I like where we're at. I feel good about this. All right, mama, I'll keep you posted. I got two questions. <laughs> I got two questions for you though. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's talk about the children we that are already walking this planet. Oh, I, actually, I got like five questions for you. No, no, no. I was actually going to ask you, how does life feel? I mean, now you've been divorced. Oh, what, oh I on? thought you were going to ask me about having little boys that run into traffic, but go ahead. No. Well, that, we that might be, we got a lot of topics. This could be, we also have toxic friendships. Oh my God. We got a million topics. No, I was going to ask you, how is life? What have you learned? How have you felt? After you've now been officially divorced, what, two months going on three? Like, you're kind of a new woman. I mean, you went through a well, rough year. So we actually, like, I have my official pledge, like, bangs the gavel and signs it of this week. So I'm still not officially. Okay. Signed. I will be officially divorced on Thursday, which is is weird. It's weird. It's weird that it's been three years and, you know, we haven't been together for three years. So obviously I don't feel married, but it is it does keep you in like a state of limbo when you're separated for so long, even though, you know, you're not married. It's it's still just like not finished. So I'm lo- I am looking forward to like officially closing that door. Mm, oh my gosh, that will be a big moment for you. It'll be crazy. You know, maybe that's what's holding me back cuz I did I did do some dating, you know, we went through the dating apps and everything, you know, within like maybe 6 months after we had separated. And was into that for like six months. And then for the last year, I just gave up on it. Well, I didn't give up on it. I chose to hit pause on dating because it it takes up a lot of my energy. You know, when I meet a guy I like, I can get a little obsessive, you know, like checking, has he texted? You know, what's my cute reply going to be? Stalking him on social media. You know, it takes up a lot of my mental capacity when I'm dating and checking the dating apps and all that crap. And I just... I didn't want to share any of my mind with that at the moment. I just wanted to focus on becoming a new me and being happy with myself and standing on my own two feet and just for the first time, like really wanted to invest in me. 
So I hit pause on that. And maybe, I don't know, maybe having the divorce be official will kind of change my mind. You know, I told you I got picked up by that pilot last time I was flying to Florida. I was going to ask and you a follow up. A few t- we texted a few times, but I don't know. Like, I just my heart wasn't in it. It was he was nothing wrong with him. He was cute and everything. He did everything he was supposed to get to know each other. But I just didn't feel interested in him or anybody else. So I don't know. I, I finally texted him the other day. He asked me out for a second time because he was in town. And I was like, listen, you know, I think I came up with a clever way of saying, it. you know, like I would hate to, you know, totally fall for you because you're such a catch. And then you're only around, what, every month or two when you happen to fly through town. So, you know, maybe we just should pause it here or end it here. Um, but really, I just wasn't I just wasn't into it. Um, just was it didn't get me excited thinking about going on a date instead of thinking about there's so many other things I'd rather be doing with my time. So who knows, you. maybe okay. after the divorce is done, I'll feel freer to date again. That tells you I'm in a weird place. I'm in a weird place where I'm happy, but I'm also kind of lonely, but I'm not really interested in dating. So I don't know. I guess I'm hoping he'll just magically appear out of thin air one day. You'll, I don't know. You'll know. You'll know. Yeah. Yeah. You'll know. Just you'll feel it. it. You'll feel it. Um, yeah. It does get lonely though, but. Okay, wait. I have one more question, then we'll go, then we'll talk parenting. Where are you at? You're such a creative. You had, you know, obviously the kids just went back to school a week ago. Where are you, you know, you and I have talked offline about potentially you launching a podcast, talking more about your spirituality. I mean, one of the things I love about you is you really do have this great, you know, Christian foundation. What, what's come up for you over the past month? Has anything stuck out? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Me. And now see, this is what I get. I get like butterflies and excited about. Like I have it right here on my desk. Not that... You know, for anybody who happens to see the video of this, but like I have my Bible and I have my journal and every day I sit down, I have my little routine from that podcast I watched from Priscilla Schreier about like how to read your Bible in an easy way, in a way that's not overcomplicated or anything. And I just take a couple verses, I do it, and then I write about it kind of like almost like writing like a mini podcast or just what I would like to share from it, how it relates to my story and my life. And I don't, I can't really explain it. It just kind of comes to me. So I hope this doesn't sound too woo woo, but I just feel like that's, that's where the direction God's leading me in is kind of finally connecting the dots of what I've learned from my story and my life with the lessons that he's teaching me now through actually reading my Bible and embracing my faith and connecting those together and to meet little with others, other women who are going through. Um, so that's, I, I feel excited, like, okay, that's maybe that's where my calling is. That's coming together. Um, I'm just waiting to feel right about hitting go, you know, like actually starting. But now that the kids are in school and on understanding how to handle three different schools and a couple of, you know, legal things I have to deal with, and then then I'm going to be ready to, to get started. 
but you have to keep me accountable because that fear voice, even as I'm creeps in, like, who do you think you are sharing stuff with other people? You're going to look like an idiot. You're going to get started and then fail like you've done in the past. Really? What, what's the fear? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's those, those little voices that sneak in and they say like, like one, who, who do you think you are to be sharing stuff with other people? You weren't on the, you know, on the cane show. You're not a DJ. You're not a TV personality. You're some, you know, the wife of the guy who was, what makes you think that you're somebody that people would want to listen to? Like I get that voice and then I get the voice that's, you know, you've failed in the past. You've tried to launch, you know, you got your website going and then, you know, it got tanked or you, you're not thorough enough. You know, you've tried things in the past and then you don't finish them. Like all of those negative voices as to why this wouldn't work start to get really loud. Um, you know, and just, yeah, just like, I don't want to fall on my face and be embarrassed, which I don't actually don't really care about that but those voices come in starting to say that you know was like, there a stick in your lane you're good at being a mom like just just stick with that Ugh. was there a time for you like you did something where you really put yourself out there and you failed and you're like oh I don't want to feel that feeling again yeah very much so you know I think about when when I was at my best with little pink monsters, you know, the website, and I was doing really well on social media. I was regularly creating content and feeling good about it. And then I remember, you know, everything in the divorce with Peter happened and he had my website taken down and started attacking me. You know, people started attacking me online and on social media. And it was so many years ago, but it still kind of stings that you're not enough on your own. You're not good enough on your own to see things through. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have, you're not Kane's wife anymore, or you don't have that notoriety anymore. So you on your own is not going to be enough to be successful. That's what, that's what that voice says to me. God, I can so relate. I have it. I have really? it too. Hell yeah. But you're the successful one. You're the radio <laughs> TV person out of us. <laughs> How can you okay, feel that way? Because it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. So yes, right? I've built this podcast, worked so hard, gotten to the point like it actually is a an income, right? Like I'm not fucking losing money, right? But now it's the fear of taking it to the next level. I've always had this internal calling, right? To always have this like talk show to like, I, I don't know now if it's going to be on TikTok or YouTube, but I'm, I feel I'm like next level. But I too am afraid because when I stuck my neck out, right, when I've said something and I, you know, I, like I was canceled, right, for, for doing a story. And I didn't even, I didn't even think it would be like a big deal of that Michael Brown story on Fox 5, right? We, he had applied to 18 different schools. Um, he was a young 18-year-old black kid from Texas, and he got into like every single Ivy League school. And we did a story because we had this Tuesday Talker segment of, oh, is that is that kind of, is he taking away um, a chance for another kid to get that spot by applying to all these schools, right? I just thought we were debating a topic. 
And that, oh my God, people came out of the woodwork that we were trying to tear down a young black man and we were, you know, racist and all these things. And I, so... I felt like I was on a roll of, you know, just being my transparent self. And I, I did learn a valuable lesson from that because, you know, I, I still work for Fox 5, who I love. But they have a whole corporate response to things like that, which a lot of times is don't respond. And in my gut, I was like, oh, I should just post a video just being like, you guys, I had no intent. You know, we weren't thinking. It, you're right. We probably shouldn't have individualized it. We should have said like a general story. Should kids be applying to 18 schools? Are they taking away spots from other kids or does it not work that way? Uh, I get how it was like a misfire, uh, but this was never my intention. And I'm so sorry to Michael if he was offended, right? Like I should have just done that video. But I was yeah. worried about losing my job and what Fox's response was going to be. It was a mess. And of course, the more you had silence, the more people came after you and said, why aren't you saying anything? And, and that still sticks with you now? Yes. It, it's, get, it's waning a bit because I think now, that happened like six years ago now or five years ago. Now mm-hmm. I see, look, no, no matter what you do, even like this, I did something on my podcast this week about Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis writing a character letter for Danny uh, Masterson, right? Yeah. Okay, well, you, uh. but here's the thing. They've been friends with him for 25 years. That would be like you and I being friends for 25 years. And then I found found out, or you found out about me. I did something, you know, when I was 22. And, but we've had a, a friendship for 25 years. Like, of course they're going to write him a character letter. Wouldn't they be shitty friends? I mean, he didn't do that to them. Did he do it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Well, maybe, I don't know. I think we're trying to wrap things up. Like, maybe we should have started like this. this But, oh, my gosh, I cannot disagree with you more. Like, I don't want – I was such a fan of hers, and now I never want to see her again. But let's not get derailed. Anyhow, we can do a whole nother – we have, like, 18 topics. We can do a whole nother thing on that. We can come up in three weeks and do a whole nother podcast episode. But what I'm saying is I want you to do it because no matter what level you're at, when you go to the next level, there's another – right? Even having that take on me and and Ashton, people are going to be like, fuck you, I'll never listen to you again. That's where we're at. So I just have to come from a place of, you know, this is – my thought and you know I'm not doing this to hurt anybody but this is how I truly feel and if you don't I understand maybe I'm not your cup of tea like that's it that's all you can do you know it's it's interesting at the age that we're at it's like we know it like exactly how you just summed it up we know the right answer and we know why we shouldn't be afraid of it But there's something just nice about just telling each other, yeah, I'm fucking afraid. This is what my negative voice says. And just putting it out there, it's kind of freeing. I don't know. Like, I feel better about it. I know exactly why I should not feel that way. That's not the problem. I'm old enough to know what a negative voice is. But there's something nice about just hearing from another grown-ass adult that, I still get those voices too. And they scare the shit out of me sometimes. Girl, I'm I'm with you. And I and look, you don't even have to be controversial now to be controversial. I'm telling you. Like that's what I try to mm-hmm. remind myself. Sarah, just saying, hey, this is what I believe is like, believe me, people hate, hate that alone. So you don't even have to. So you're right. No matter what, right? You're going to get people that are like, don't believe in Christianity or who can, but that's fine. It's like, you're doing this because this is who Natasha really is. And if you're not going to be for everybody and people are going to have, 
whatever hot takes. And then people are going to say, well, you're not even interpreting the Bible correct. Then you can't even do it right. You can't oh, do it right anyhow. I was thinking about that. Yes, I was thinking about that today. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get the critiques of, you know, the old guy that knows, you know, all of his scripture backwards and forward. But it's like, you know, I do these other things. Like it's fun to do an outfit of the day or do a craft or do any of that type of stuff. But I'm ready. And you and I have talked about this to exhaustion, but I'm ready for something meaningful. I'm ready for something more. And what's the worst that happens? You know, I try it and maybe only half the people like it, but that's something that I wasn't sharing before for those people who do like it. So anyway, it's, this is where the accountability comes in. Like I'm, I hope next time you and I check in, we can both say that we at least took another step forward with our next level goals. Yes. And it's all about like, I just don't want to be stagnant anymore. I don't want the days to just keep ticking by with the same thing that I've been doing. I want to move in a, in that direction that I was always meant to move in. Okay. We are on it. And a friend of mine gave me something I was talking to her about the same conversation and she said, Sarah, you can be caring without being compliant. And I've really been taking that in like, I can be caring in, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody with the topics or guests or hot takes that I have, but I don't have to be compliant to what everybody else believes or what everyone thinks I should do. So yeah, I don't know. I'm taking that with me. I don't know if it resonates with you, but caring without being compliant. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I, like I can that. I can be thoughtful. Yeah, I like that a lot. Not doing this to hurt anybody, but this is how I feel. And just because everybody else doesn't feel that way, it's like. And honestly, that's your true self. You are a nice natured person. Like that's just being true to who you really are. With hot takes. You're opinionated, <laughs> but your heart is in the right place. All right, my friend. I'll see you in a month. We have we have good accountability checks for next month. We got a lot to do. A lot to do. I have no more excuses. Kids are in school. It's time to go. Let's hustle. All right. Um, at Ms. Pink Monster, follow her Instagram. It's so good. Your videos are so captivating. We'll see where you end up with your messaging. Um, at the Sarah Fraser Show, and we'll see you guys next month. Goodbye, Bye, my friend. friend.